Cool. Okay. So what questions shall I ask? That is a great question. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Cutting Room. I'm Paul Sherwood, one of the founders here at 7 Videos. This week's episode is all about how to build a brand in just eight weeks. For those that caught the last episode, we had Claire on talking about all things to do with your marketing plan and how to use video effectively within them. If you haven't listened or watched that, watched that yet, I would thoroughly recommend that you do so. There were some really good insights in there. And we've got the guests coming thick and fast as in this week's episode, as I mentioned, is all about building a brand in just eight weeks. And we've got the perfect guest for this. So I'm delighted to introduce Mr. James Blackburn, who is the VP of Product Marketing at Cyberite. James, welcome. How are we doing? Doing great. Thank you very much, Paul. And uh, really looking forward to being on the podcast today. Brilliant. And thanks for th thanks for giving up your, your time and your very busy schedule to, to be here with us. So James, we've obviously worked together for, for a number of years now, but for our yep. viewers and listeners out there who, who aren't familiar with yourself or, or, or Cyberite or your journey, can you just tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about your current role as, as VP of Product Marketing, what that entails, but and also your journey to getting there? Yeah, so as VP of Product Marketing, it's my role really to take a lead on a number of key product-related initiatives, such as our pricing strategy and model, our product positioning and messaging, um, and effectively how we go to market and, and execute on our wider go-to-market strategy. Brilliant. No, that sounds really good. And I think what what I'd like to understand a little bit more is how did, how did it all start with you in marketing? Like, How long have you been in marketing? What's your journey been like? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, it started a very long time ago, I guess, somewhat <laughs> subconsciously. You know, in my very early years, uh, actually being a DJ and maybe somewhat subconsciously inheriting a lot of those skills through uh, social events and PR. Ended up going to uni and, and doing marketing there and really found my passion and fell in love with it there. Um, from there on, started as a marketing intern at the uni, was great, uh, which was great experience and was really grateful for that opportunity. And Ended up getting into the tech sector, starting up uh, as a marketing executive and, and working my way through the ranks as a marketing manager, then head of, and ultimately now in the position where I'm at now as, as VP of product marketing for Cyberite. Nice, brilliant. No, that sounds like a, a good journey and, and in, a, in a relatively short space of time to, to be in the role that you're at now. So no, that, that's fantastic. And Somewhat, but I blinked. Yeah, I know. I, know, I, can, yeah. I can relate to that, mate, for sure. Yeah. Um, so before we get into how to build a brand and what that means and your experiences kind of in, in doing that, one thing I just wanted to sort of touch on is like, what does, you know, what, what, what are we meaning by brand and what does brand, you know, what is a brand and what does brand mean to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, in literal terms, it's a logo and a name, um, a color palette, a domain, um, but it's far deeper than that. I think uh, a brand is an organization's personality and it really kind of dictates the content, the tone of voice throughout the whole user experience, which broadly impacts organization's entire strategy and uh, customer experience, whether it's online or, or offline um, and can ultimately quite uh, have uh, a substantial impact on how our company goes to market, how they price themselves, how they position themselves, and um, ultimately how they sell. Yeah, and it's it's how it's how you make people feel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I work in marketing, so for me, I really like brands. So I think I'm really happy to be here today talking about brands, and I actually make some of my purchasing decisions based on branding. Um, more uh, somewhat on the look and feel, but as I said, it's kind of broader than that, you know. Um, when 
when executed effectively, it can really impact the entire user journey through discovery through to sale. Um, so I think it's very, very important. It's a, a really prevalent topic and it's something, you know, marketing teams should be really focused on and take a lot of pride in as well. Yeah, no, that, that sounds really good. So if we can just talk about some of the brands out there and what they're doing to say, differentiate themselves, whether it's yeah. from a pricing perspective or how they're yeah. making clients feel like, could you just elaborate a little bit on that and which, com you know, what, what companies are coming up against each other? Yeah, no, really. So, so the, the brand, I guess, really is focused centrally around the audience that you intend to target and the markets you uh, would like to operate in. Um, and you can see some really distinct examples from how companies position themselves and how they price themselves. You know, you look comparatively at how a Tesco Extra would package their products and how they would price their products and the audience they perhaps intend to market to versus a Marks and Spencer or a Vauxhall versus a Rolls Royce or Casio versus Rolex. Um, you know, the... I would say that the quality and the detail of the messaging is obviously very different. And you can imagine what the user experience would be like purchasing either of those brands um, and how it would be different from an from an end-to-end -end, uh, perspective. So it plays a, plays a really, really large part in any organization's overall go-to-market strategy. No, definitely. And I think, I mean, we've worked in the past with, with certain food manufacturers that, that we know that they make the same foods for some of the big brands and some of the more lower lower perceived value brands. And it's yep. very, very similar <laughs> other than the branding that's kind of differentiating them. And that's, yep. that is how, you know, people feel about particular brands. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I can't remember the, the organization that did it, but I saw it on social media. I'm not sure if, if you guys did, but um, there was a, a social experiment that took place recently where company, companies effectively made up a brand and positioned themselves as a super high-end um, high end product. And it was effectively much lower end products that they were selling, but because they advertised and they dressed the shop up in a certain way um, and they put on a particular customer experience, people went in and were paying sort of two, 300% markups for these products. Um, it, was a, it was a retail example. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe we'll, we'll take a look at it afterwards, but um, yeah, you know, they were putting two, 300% markup on the products and people were buying for it under the illusion of, um, you know, this luxury experience through the power of positioning. Yeah, it's funny that. And it's like perception is reality, isn't it really? And that's yeah. one thing we talk about is whatever your audience's perception is, is the reality. You know, if they think your product's worth five grand, 10 grand, 200 grand, yep. that's the reality of it. So yep. and, and branding uh, and your brand, I guess, helps to change and adapt those perceptions to what you want them to be yeah yeah and it you know it depends on which market you operate on and you know you've got the graph haven't you where it's like quality and price and companies will need to brand themselves and position themselves and have various different marketing initiatives and strategies as to where you fall within that quadrant you know whether you fall in the upper right hand corner where you're the most expensive and you have the highest quality service or product you know, you'll need to you'll need to have a very very distinct and very different customer experience and have a very different look and feel about the brand um, as to if you were you know in the bottom left hand corner of the quadrant of, of price and quality. So, yeah, no, definitely, and I think 
think that kind of leads us nicely on to like how you sort of form the brand and you know we're wanting to get into um how to build a brand in any ways but i wanted i wanted to sort of just touch on a little bit on your experience before we do so before we get into the more the yes. strategy and tactics side because you know we know you've been through a fair few uh, rebrands um particularly in the last few years so yeah if you just tell us a little bit about your experience with rebrands over the last few years and, and what they've looked like yeah no there there has been and i've been you know really privileged to to be a part of them um worked with you guys on quite a few of those projects i think five five rebrands i've maybe done in the last three years which is is quite a lot and in context um you know for that that's i guess been been throughout a number of a number of different reasons really um through mergers and acquisitions and slight pivots in strategy but fundamentally i think you know when it comes to why a company might rebrand um there can be a various various different uh, reasons which which may influence that um such as their overall strategy you know has the market changed as the audience's preferences changed do they need to reposition themselves do they need to modernize their brand to appeal to a, a slightly new audience or is the business just completely changing direction um in one of the the recent examples and one of the recent projects i've worked on that was really the case um you know it was in a in a, in a startup-esque organization so there wasn't kind of too much market impact beforehand anyway because we weren't actively trading but we're you know building a product and we decided to uh, shift focus and and focus more on the cybersecurity market, particularly around zero trust. And we had this unique opportunity to reframe ourselves, reposition ourselves, rebrand ourselves. Um, I guess to appeal more to that specific market, um, where which was where our focus was going in terms of product development. So that was what we what we went ahead and did. But yeah, it's been a been a, a very busy few years to say the least. So yeah, I guess but another question from me is is you know when you when you're doing so many rebrands in in such a short space of time than what is traditionally common, like how do you find the energy, the creativity, the innovation to keep delivering that, you know, regularly? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, energy there isn't really hasn't always been an option sometimes because there's been a deadline that you got to you got to meet, so you're just going to get it done. Um, you know. Not every rebrand has been the same. There's been instances where, you know, we've been given a brand and a set of guidelines and had to execute on it. Other times there hasn't been a brand and it's been a completely blank, blank canvas, which has been a great experience creating something from scratch and being able to kind of uh, see that end to end and see the brand come to life, you know, as you create the logo, you create the brand guidelines, you start to work on the website and video projects. Um, but there's, you know, there's there's a number of different a, a number of different ways to go about it, um, and I think it's it's like anything. Um, experience really pays dividends, and the more you do something, the more efficient ways you find to do it, and you learn from mistakes from from kind of past projects and past experiences. And I would most certainly say it's gotten easier as time's gone on. But rebranding these days isn't as easy as it used to be. Let's say five, ten, fifteen years ago. Um, through a number of different considerations. You know, if you look at social media handles, domain names, you know, there are, there's a lot less choice available um, these days when you go to work on a, on a rebrand project. And I think uh, a, a key thing to kind of really try and establish from the outset when you've got an idea and you've got something that you think is a bit of a goer is trying to find that clear line of sight. You know, have you got a, a, a domain name that you can make work? Have you got a number of social media handles that you can make work? 
Have you do, done your due diligence? Have you checked, you know, the trademark registries? Have you checked on company's house to make sure there aren't any kind of brand conflictions there? And if you've got a pretty good clear line of sight, um, then execute on it and and go for it. And yeah, it's been been some really great experience. No, it sounds it. And yeah, a bit of a, a whirlwind um, few years by the sounds of it, but yeah. uh, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So I think to get into sort of the the bulk of what, what we're wanting to cover today, it's all around how to build a brand in eight weeks. And, you know, you've, you've potentially even done that in, in shorter timeframes, uh, um, but we'll, we, we can get onto that. So I guess what is, if you if that is your task, like what should people listening to this or watching this, what should they be doing and, and how the hell do you go about doing that? in such a short space of time? Firstly, don't panic. Um, <laughs> and then secondly, you know, like anything coming up with a plan. Um, I think when it comes to planning, there are kind of three key elements that you really need to consider when you when you go about this within your, your initial plan, which would be, you know, what are you trying to achieve um, from an objective standpoint? Um, what could be the potential challenges or perceived considerations of going through a rebrand um, from a, maybe legal perspective, from a, an operational perspective, uh, from a systems perspective, um, even down to your people and staff. Um, one of the things that I've learned a lot throughout this process is just how emotionally invested staff can be in, in brands. And like anything, not everybody is great with dealing with change. So when you go through a rebrand, it can be quite a substantial change. And, and know, how do you deal with that as a marketer? Like, How do you yeah. help to facilitate that change and, and without there being any sort of conflict within within the business. Well, communication is essential. Um and particularly within, you know, your leadership teams and within your, you know, your management teams, you've really got to make sure that everybody's aligned and singing from the same hymn sheet and um bought into the prospect and, you know, that that will then kind of trickle down into, you know, the other areas of the business. But communication and keeping people informed and being transparent, I think is a really, really fundamental aspect to the success of that. Um, and another thing that you can look at um, when you come to your planning with this is, you know, what your market opportunities are as well. You know, this is a complete blank canvas to completely reposition yourself, reinvent yourself as an organization. You know, do you want to um, reframe the business in a in a different way? Do you want to, you know, step it up from perhaps a quality perspective, you know, 10 years ago when you first started out, did you maybe just compete on price? And are you in a more credible and established place now where you're actually charging more because you're able to deliver a higher quality of service? So do you then want to look at actually reframing the brand to a more higher quality brand than perhaps something that wasn't quite as much of a focus beforehand? And I know on some of the projects that I've worked on, that's that's kind of been the case. And we talked about it internally um, as kind of like a maturity exercise, you know, we're kind of growing up and it was the next chapter and the next phase of growth for the business. And we needed a brand that was suitable um, for order for us to do so. And that would really stand the test of time. And how do you find that as a, I guess as a marketing function, it's key to any sort of rebranding exercise, but I guess the decision to to go through a rebranding process isn't always made, you know, it's maybe made at, at sort of board level. And how yep. how how do you find that process with working with with the board to sort of deliver on rebrands? Yeah, exciting, and particularly when they're you know as excited to being you know engaged in the projects. And you know, I think we we were talking about before it can kind of come through a number of different reasons as to why a company might might want to approach 
a rebrand. It could be through mergers and acquisitions. It could through it could be through um, a complete pivot in terms of strategy and product focus, or even the market that they want to go after. You know, particularly at a global level, if you know you decide you want to operate in a different market geographically, there could be some serious considerations as to how you need to position yourself and how you need to um, you know frame yourself with within certain audiences. So. So yeah, it's good. I mean, obviously working with a board, like anything, you know, you're going to have some strong personalities and you've got to kind of really be courageous and uh, keep things keep things moving forward. And with, you know, with a brand, it's, it's really difficult because it's not objective. It's a very subjective exercise. Everybody's going to have different opinions. And I think what's really important through a, a rebranding exercise, particularly working with a, a leadership team, is trying to capture a broad scope of feedback across fundamental areas of the business, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's customer service, whether it's the technical, you know, areas of the business, they're all going to have different perspectives. And and your job in the marketing team or as a marketing manager or a head of marketing is to is to capture all of that and try and pull it all together into um one concise answer. Um sounds a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And think uh, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of internal politics at play within sort of larger organizations, making sure that everybody's happy with the direction it's going. As you say, it's very subjective. What somebody, you could have two twins who, who, who think, you know, who think very, very similarly, who might like one thing and dislike the other. It's, it, it's so subjective. So that, that must be quite difficult to manage. And I guess I get that. I get the planning side of things and the, and the communication being key. I think how, it, just in terms of the time frame, then I guess you you obviously have to be really strict with your deadlines and like how mm-hmm. much of a a factor are they? Is it a case of well this needs to be done at this particular like because we did a rebrand a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and we um, on the day that we were launching it I wouldn't do it again because it was a night it was a it was a very very stressful time but we did a live stream and we we did the rebrand live to a, a similar sort of set up to this but and the new website had to go live on, on the same at the same point the live stream was going out and it was it was it was hard work <laughs> i remember you yeah. executed it really yeah. well and uh you sent out a direct mail campaign to a bunch of your customers me at the time being one of them with i think it had a qr code in there at the time to a surprise yeah. and then when you opened up the qr code it was a, a countdown to a rebrand and a, an invitation to join the live stream link so Oh, I thought that was really creative that. and I thought yeah. you did a fantastic job of it. Yeah. Oh, it was good. It's good to hear. And I think, yeah, um, kind of got lost in my own sort of stresses of of going, of reliving those moments that I kind of lost myself in the question. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, from, from from me understanding, I guess, the, 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 the strains that can be in place when you're going through something quite stressful like that, like what made it easier for us is it had to be done by that date because yep. we've, we've sent all the stuff out, you know, everyone's expected us like we need to turn up and we need, it needs to be yeah. ready. Like how, how important is that in doing it in such a short space of time is having that definitive end point that it has to be yeah. ready here. I think it's really important. You know what they say, pressure makes diamonds. Um, and I think it's really important to have a, a firm deadline. Otherwise you can end up debating trivial aspects perhaps for longer than you really need to. Um, and realistically, you know, it will really help you in making critical decisions and just moving things forward um, much faster. Obviously, with any any project, you need a project plan and you need definitive timelines and 
you need to kind of outline the steps that need to take place within a particular order um, in, in able to be able to complete the project, which, you know, if you can't do that in-house and you don't perhaps have the experience in-house to do that, you know, most certainly consult a, you know, a credible agency and, and they will help you in pulling together a, a project plan like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We had to do that project in eight weeks. I think the average kind of timeline on a rebrand is around about a year or 18 months and, you know, slightly different scale. Slightly quicker. Yeah, yeah well, but slightly different scale. I think, you know, if you're a, a huge multinational organization, there's far, far more moving parts and far more intricacies, even from a legal perspective that you need to consider. But it can absolutely be done and you just have to do so with thorough planning and buy-in from the team and communication and acting with speed and and making critical decisions and moving forwards. And you touched on sort of in-house and, and outsourcing certain elements as part of the um, the project plan. And, and I appreciate it's completely different for every business depending on what resource you have in-house. But when you're having to do things quickly, like is it mm -hmm. – better to keep everything in-house because you've got control if you've got the team to do that or are you better mm -hmm. off outsourcing more elements to it so there's more people involved like what's your kind of take on that yeah great question i think i would always recommend hiring a specialist agency because i think it will largely impact the speed in which you can execute and the overall quality of the look and feel of the brand because if it's what they do day in day out you know they're going to have far more experience than most in-house teams and the way that you can kind of divide and conquer a project like that would to be to task an agency with key branding exercises, whether it's actually coming up with a brand or not, or whether it's just rebranding, you know, providing them with a thorough brief and, you know, getting them to work on the brand guidelines, the, the web and digital assets, um, a number of core branding assets like proposal templates, social media templates, company PowerPoints, letterheads, you know, try and outsource as much of that stuff as you can. Um, and then as a marketing team, really focus on the internal stuff. So, you know, what are the operational implications? How do we need to communicate this internally? How do we need to communicate it with all of our customers? You know, is that something you, you tend to phase as well? Or do you do it all at once? Or would you usually, would you usually communicate internally and then take it out to the wider world? Yeah, so we, we'd usually, um, and what, I, what I've done in the past is, you know, communicate it internally, not at the outset when the decision has been made at the board level, but, you know, as you're, as once you've got a plan and you know what all of the moving parts are and you've got a timeline and you might even want to wait until you've got something to show the team and get them excited internally, but most certainly to tell them before. Um, and what's really important with that and what we've done in the past is having, um like staff FAQ sheets. So when it does come to a point in time when, you know, they're communicating with customers or partners or any third parties, everybody's aligned. They're singing from the same hymn sheet and they've got exactly the same message, which I think is a is a really important point. I think that's a really good insight actually, because it's not something that, you, you know, when you've created the brand or, 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 or the rebrand within the marketing team, once it's out there, out of your control to a certain element, as a, you can control a lot of how it's out there, but mm -hmm. how it's perceived. And I guess if they're speaking with account managers or you know people, customer service or whoever within the business, that they're not they're not up to speed with what the brand is. That like they're they're essentially representing and answering, you know, and yep. it can get massively diluted. I imagine. So I think that's a really good thing yep. to do. Yeah, I mean they're on the front line. I mean what I would what I would recommend in terms of customer and partner and third party communication. Um, would be to have a kind of stage strategy. So 
you know, you have this team briefing and issue FAQ sheets. So when it comes to the rebrand day, you know, they can talk effectively around it. But, you know, for your top 50 customers, your top 50 partners or third parties or or whomever, I would absolutely recommend doing those face-to-face where possible or in a meeting uh, type format rather than them having receiving an email or seeing on something on social media give you know first it makes them feel important but i think if they're you know within your kind of top list of customers you owe it to them to to kind of give them prior notice for things like that because you know it can just have broader implications you might have to change billing procedures internally as a customer if your entity name changes um and there are you know there are a number of things that you you would have to consider but it also gives you an unique opportunity to actually get FaceTime with customers that you may not um, do so on a on such a regular basis and um, reinvigorate those relationships and spark new conversations and create new opportunities. And you, know, you could do things like creating rebrand packs and go and visit your top 25, top 50 customers and go and give them all a pack and get them excited about the rebrand and make them feel included as part of the process as well. Brilliant. No, yeah, I love that. And I think, yeah, I think... As you mentioned, to, to get it done in that such a finite space of time is is the planning side, communicating it sort of effectively internally and externally, mm-hmm. um, managing your sort of in-house resource, but finding a suitable agency that 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 kind of specialise in that really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, outside of that, there are some other kind of critical things I think um, you know that are really important and that have really helped me when you when you start a project like this. Finding a North Star, I think, can be really helpful. You know, if you look at your market and you look at your space and, you know, you look at who may have the majority of market share or it might just be somebody that you are really fond of and you think their, you know, their messaging and their positioning is is really in line with what your audience is going to resonate with the most. Finding a North Star can be really helpful, um, whether it's their look and feel, whether it's how they structure their web copy or their social media strategy or a number of different things. Um, and moreover, if you're using an agency to help you execute on a rebrand, it can kind of give them some some insight as to the, the look and feel and the style um, that you're wanting to achieve and can help speed up the process. Across different companies then, depending on whether you're a, a large corporate, a small to medium enterprise, anywhere in between, like there's obviously budget is a factor. Like, yeah. And um, you know, how big of a factor, oh, well, it is a big factor, but if we just touch a little bit on like what, marketing managers and marketing directors need to be thinking about and what they can be doing from a budget perspective yeah i mean typically budgets aren't assigned to this at the outset there may be and if there is great because it's a number that you can kind of work backwards from in the past the way that i've approached this is before you decide you know what you want to spend your money on um which agencies you want to work with what aspects of the rebrand you'd like to execute on. Pull together a budget with everything in there that you would love to do as part of the exercise, whether it's signage, apparel, merchandise, PR campaigns, SEO, web, video, all of these kind of core aspects to to executing a rebrand and go out to market, get some competitive costs and prices on all of these different line items and pull them into a budget and then sit down with your leadership team and say, right, this is what I would love to do or we would love to do. And this is everything in here that I think will make the most impactful rebrand. But if we can't 
make this budget work. Let's prioritize on some of the line items in here and maybe cut out some of the things that you think aren't gonna add the most return on investment or things that you think aren't as essential or things that aren't might have a, a significant impact or potentially things that we could do maybe down the line and work backwards that way. And that's a, always proven in a, an effective way to, to budget a rebrand project for me. Okay, so we're at the day of the brand or rebrand going live. Mm -hmm. How the hell does that feel when you've when, when it's been your baby over the, the 12, 18 months, or in your case, you know, much, much shorter, dependent on, on, on circumstance? Like, yeah, I can imagine it's pretty nerve wracking, but just, just mm -hmm. talk me through a little bit how that feels from a marketing perspective and, and then share any kind of um, mm -hmm. insights to you know, what that feels like yeah. and how you can make it yeah. feel better. Well, launch days can actually be quite stressful if you think about it. There's a number of things that somewhat have to be executed at the same time, you know, web domain switchovers. You can't just flick a switch and it happens. You know, there's all sorts of web crawling that has to take place and it can take 24, 48 hours. Switching over email domains is the same. And, you know, another thing that I learned with that is you have to actually build up domain authority. Um, to be able to use emails um, with high volume. So what I mean by that is if you've got a whole team of people that need to use a new email address and email outwards, it can actually be blocked and go into spam filters if the domain isn't credible and it doesn't have a lot of authority. So actually putting a domain in place a month before you have a rebrand and having a few people send emails and having a web instance up can actually be quite uh, helpful in terms of the, the swiftness of execution of that kind of switch over. Um, but, you know, going back to your question, there's, you know, th there's a lot of things that have to go at the same time. So I guess you're that busy on the day. Yeah. You probably don't, f you don't feel the stress as such because you're just here, there and everywhere doing it. Yeah. 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 You, you've got to try and time everything, you know, as closely together as you can. You know, there's no way you can press go on everything at the same time. You know, social media content going live, signage arriving, uh, domain switchovers, um, proposals and quote templates being updated in systems, you know, internal system rebrands like HR portals, SharePoint sites. There are there are so many things to consider, but what all you can do really is try and align the best that you can. And what I've done in the past is execute the internal stuff in the lead up to, in the week lead up to, um, because it doesn't really matter internally if people see see the changes because they know that it's coming and kind of get that out of the way and on the day focus on focus on the external stuff and yeah it's a great feeling when you kind of go live with something and seeing people's Relief, reactions is it? Is it it's like really yeah it's it's a, definitely a way pride of, as well a bit of pride pride in for sure um most certainly had that feeling in the past and definitely a weight off your shoulders um and it's really nice to see you know the market reaction and how people react to to the brand and the, the change and and the update and you know, had some really positive feedback from some rebrands in the past, which has been, you know, makes it all worth it, um, I would definitely say. Yeah, no, I bet that's particularly when you've worked so hard towards something, I think, to get that feedback from 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 clients and, and you know, colleagues as well must, yeah, must, must feel really good. So I think, no, there's been some really, really good insights in there, James. I really appreciate you uh, you, you sharing that, that, that with us and, and our audience. And I guess... If our audience could take one key takeaway or one piece of advice from anything that we've kind of spoken about there, or, or maybe something slightly different that we haven't touched on, what would be the one thing that you would want to say to James Blackburn, 
five years ago before I'd done any rebrands, what would be the one thing and one piece of advice that you'd pass on? Great question. Enjoy it. It's not something you get to do every single day. And whilst it might be stressful, it can be quite career defining. Um, so enjoy the process. Definitely don't cut any corners because any project like this has got to last any business for the long term. So it's got to have longevity. So it's a big investment and you've got to make sure that it counts and you don't cut any corners. But moreover, I think when you're making these decisions and you're trying to pull everybody's thoughts and ideas into this one concept, it's really easy to get caught up into what you like because it is subjective and it's not objective. And I've been you know, victim of that in the past. I've got a very distinct look and feel and style and kind of signature to you know brands that I've I've built I guess in the past but what is the most important fundamentally on an exercise like this is what your audience is going to resonate with the most it's what we talked about at the outset what is a brand and it's a personality and it influences an organization's entire strategy through to pricing messaging customer experience so ultimately, the end result has got to be what is going to resonate with the audience the most and what they're going to um, appeal to the most. So don't get caught up in what you like and focus on what your audience is going to react to and relate to the most. Yeah, I love that, James. And I think that's a really strong ending to the podcast. So I think we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. been a great experience. And been an absolute pleasure so thank you for having me you're very welcome and thanks to you for listening and or watching to this week's episode of the cutting room hope you've enjoyed it i thought there were some really good insights in there so if you have please don't forget to like it share it follow it tell all your friends and family about it thanks for watching and we look forward to seeing you again in the cutting room mm -hmm.